because of Brooklyn garbage? Fuck Brooklyn. I'm a New Jersey Nets fan. Hang the banner in the garden. The Knicks have more fans. Oh, <laughs> they did it. They finally well, it did it. Who cares about your poverty franchise? Oh, uh, they couldn't get Durant and Kyrie. I couldn't care less. They couldn't get Durant and Kyrie and Zion. And now they're happy that they have. I'm, I'm really glad that you guys are so oh great players. God. Enjoy it. Enjoy it for about a year. We got the same two players so at Knicks. Oh, yeah, the same two players Enjoy that the Knicks fans the were crying years. to get. We want Kyrie and KD. We're going to get Zion. And now you don't have any of them. Now it's, we got better fans. So shut the fuck up. You took the loss. Just accept it. Oh, yeah, the Knicks well. fans pissed me off. Oh, that fans pissed me off. You guys are all jumping around. <laughs> all right, you well. We're the ones who are jumping around. Yet the Knicks fans are outside of the garden screaming, fuck you for the one team in the Yesterday, there's only one team in the city, so he didn't yeah, say that. He said he heard a lot of Knicks fans. He said he heard a lot of Knicks fans. Even read the quote. Even read the quote. Oh my god! And then you got Knicks fans like, oh, they were screaming bullshit. No, it was a pumped in Brooklyn chant because it was two thousand people. It wasn't. Use your ears, Donald. Oh god. That was no, not a bullshit chant. Give me a break. Let's yeah. talk Yankees. Let's talk Yankees. There wasn't no, enough people. <laughs> you let me get a word in. <laughs> no, they don't let anyone get a word in. They're just going to fucking yell all day. Oh, shit. We're recording. Yep. I got all of it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, everybody. Yankee Carlos to the podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm here with Evan Donald and Rob. Before we hey, get guys. started, let's go check out statementgames.com. Get a unique experience in fantasy sports. Check out DocAdamsBaseball.org and learn about the founder of baseball. And as always, listen to us on Radio Play Live at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. daily. So I'm looking, while you guys were all ranting, I'm going to <laughs> And do you realize that there will be no televised Yankee games until the 22nd? Of course not. Spring training is, uh, on the, we're starting to see how the lineups are going to shape out, you know, or the defensive growth, the pitching has just been phenomenal, and we can't even see it, and it's bullshit. I'm in a bad mood today. There's going to be no joking for me in this episode. I'm just going to be a grumpy <laughs> ass. Me too. I'm all anger. <laughs> so, no, that sucks, man. But, hey, how fun was the John Sterling-Michael Kate thing? Like, no, it, it actually that. was very fun to watch. Okay. I enjoyed that. I thought it was great. Brought back some good memories. Well, good I mean, to see them back together, you know, yeah. All those years. You know, what but... I don't get is how people don't like John Sterling. I hear a how lot. How could of anybody people, not like John Sterling? He's fantastic. Like, why? Because he's an old boomer guy. Like, get he's over it. The voice that. of the Yankees. But who, who, who doesn't like John Sterling? As far as every Yankee fan I know loves him. I've heard a lot of people who cannot listen to the radio because they cannot stand him and Susan. And I frankly do not get it. I love sitting in my really? car. And listening to those, old I don't know. I think it's probably a minority, bro. We'll talk for the I majority. Know, bro, I I, a lot, man. He, he's the voice of a generation, man. He's the voice yep. of the Yankees. He's uh, he's wonderful. The funniest thing Michael K ever did was have John Sterling read a shopping list. Have yeah. you ever heard that? Amazing. Fucking you hear it on ESPN every day. It was what? so good. Oh, moly. <laughs> No, Sterling is just, I mean, you talk about a guy, he's just untouchable. You know, he's right up there with, with you know, he's reached that, that level of, of 
baseball with like uh like Bob Uecker. You know, it's they're just they're perfect for the game of baseball. Yeah. yeah, he's got a you know his voice really like yeah. You want to listen to him talk. You want to listen to him call the game. You know yeah. that's why you're listening to him. You're not watching. He kind of describes what's going on. He misses a couple of things here and there, like his perception of what's fair and foul is, you know, sometimes off. But yeah. other than that, <laughs> it like, is high. It is far. Yeah, it is, it is foul. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, like he really does give you a really good picture. You can yeah. see really what's happening when you're listening to him. And Susan's great as well. Like she gives a yeah, lot of great insight. Always good with stats and giving you updates during the game. Anyone who doesn't like them. I guess, like you said, Donald, they're in the minority because there's not a lot of people that I've heard say they don't like John Sterling. Yeah, he's the voice of a generation, man. I thought Michael Kay handled it pretty well because he's got an ego the size of the city, but he actually deferred to, to, to John Sterling, which was pretty cool, and he asked him. Yeah, no, it seemed like questions. John. Yeah, John kind of took control of the broadcast. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I mean, well, end of the day, Kay those are two Hall of Famer announcers. You know, I know some people have issues with Kay, but I think both of them are Hall of Fame announcers, and it was a lot of fun to listen to. Michael Kay also cares about perception and prestige and how he's viewed and all that thing. And I think for him, it was kind of an honor to go back to where he started and who he started Definitely. with. Yeah. So he had no problem taking the back seat and letting Sterling do it. And I think it was very wise that he took that approach. It was awesome. And he talked about, you know, their last broadcast together, which would have been the World Series in 2001. So um, memories regarding that. So that was really cool to listen to again, you know. But I'm a big fan of both of them. I love listening to both of them. That's awesome. Yeah, no, see, I, I, I'm not a big K fan, but I do – I. I listen to John every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I don't like about Kay, and I know he's got the radio thing, but he doesn't even travel with the team. Like he only does, it's only like he only does home games. It's like, I don't, I don't want a part-time voice. I want a full-time voice. Yeah. That's my issue with him. He's old and he's a new dad. So it's like, I understand it. He's been doing this job for how long? He used yeah. to travel. I mean, he still does a lot of travel. I just he can't say the age because Sterling. But they give the some to. But they, he has to give some to Ryan Rucco, I think, contractually. And yes. uh, anyway, there's uh, there's no problem with that either because Rucco is another fucking awesome announcer too. You know, he's, he does a great. He's brilliant with the basketball. He's awesome with the baseball. So yeah, I love Ryan Rucco. Cats, of course, you could bring up age. It's very different with Sterling because Sterling has very little to do beyond baseball whereas michael k i just explained he's a he's an old guy who has what a six-year-old you know yeah. how exhausting that is it's a little different <laughs> oh, I... <laughs> i'm not saying being a parent all night drink his cognac and come to the game the next day and be fine michael k is not doing any of that stuff he's probably still changing diapers well, i think the thing is i think if, if k wanted to i I, th I think he'd probably do as many as he could, but that you know they 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 have Ryan Rucco and things like that, and contractually they have to give Rucco some games and things. So I think it's it works out pretty well. I think yes, yeah. is good. Yes is very strong. Like, I don't yeah, yeah, it's a but, good thing that we get to hear Rucco because he's fantastic. Yeah, you know, I, I would. It's good that you know I like Michael K, and there are times where I would rather listen to maybe Ken Singleton call the game. But if not having K means we get more Ryan Rucco and Ken Singleton. I'm fine with it. Rucos, and they're both great. And uh, I, you know, yeah, Rucos definitely next in line for that. 
Yeah. Surely That'll be he also awesome. only has one job, whereas Michael K has the Michael K show, which he does every day, no matter what. So yeah, that's uh, yes, so much going on too. in his life, and we're gonna question why he can't travel. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, I think that was hard. Yeah. Way to go, yeah, he basically talks all day long. <laughs> my couch, guys, fucking travel. You're gonna he literally talks me. all day long. I mean, seven, eight hours a day, like baseball and then a different hat doing the talk show. I would, uh, I, that's some fucking impressive. It's too much work. I don't like it. Oh, that's yeah, the dream. that's the truth. <laughs> all right, so that joke was that, that was a bad, uh, bad take on me then. Yeah, you upset me. Good job. That's all right. I can handle it. <laughs> so I'm sitting here. All right, let's let's break down today's lineup because unfortunately we won't be able to see a goddamn thing. We won't get to see Cole pitch, which is pissing me off. Um, I'm more pissed off about the fact that Gio's playing shortstop. Sorry to have ruined the surprise, but that pisses me off because I really want to see that. I like we mentioned before the show even started. We're in a day with high analytics and the need to have high depth on the team, which means everyone on the team pretty much has to know how to play two positions. So the fact that they're going to try to shift Geo to shortstop just to see if he can, I, I don't, I don't expect them to use it. He's not going to be a starter more than maybe five times at shortstop this year, if that, but I, I like the fact that they're going to try Donald. Well, I wanted to listen to the full lineup, so I could get no idea. But it's, it's hey, listen, it's good that that uh, Gio's um, going to try a shortstop. We need we need an option at short, um, especially if we don't take Tyler Wade. You know, we'll be watching what what happens with Tyler Wade. You know, I'm I'm kind of hoping that we move on from him, um, and so um, obviously we're limited at backup shortstop options. So that's why it's a pretty good idea to give Gio a run. To see if uh, if he can hold the fort if we ever want to give uh, Torres a rest. Yeah, this is a very interesting. It's a, actually an interesting lineup. I'm not a fan of it, but it's interesting because it'll give us a lot of talking points. So that's okay, cool. So we got Brett Gardner leading off, playing right field. Cool. We got Luke Voigt batting second, playing first. Aaron Hicks DH. Frazier at left field. We already mentioned Gio is going to play shortstop. We got Dietrich at third base, Talkman at center field, Wade at second base, and Rob Brantley's uh, catcher today. Oh. I like. I actually don't mind that lineup for a bunch. Of I actually people. like it too. No, I, but, day, this is, we were this talking is about. But we had talked about, you know, players need to be more expendable to different uh, positions, and it's almost like they they knew what we wanted to talk about today and made sure that we had a talking point. I mean, so, it's spring training, though, so this is the time where you have to make the fight yeah, and see if they can do it. And yesterday during the game, Hicks uh, was on interview with Michael Kay and everyone, and he basically brought up the fact that uh, we're going to see Brett Gardner in right field this year and thought that he could handle it. I mean, of course he can handle it. He's, to me, uh, Brett's a, guy, a professional. He could handle it. He's a gold glove winner who should probably have two or three more. So I really think the shift – for a guy like him to right field is not going to be as drastic as everyone play, thinks yeah. on top of the fact that he was a very good center fielder. And if you play center field, well, that means you have phenomenal range. So I think right field can be no problem. No, you know, we like, you know, we were saying we like the idea of Urshela uh, getting, you know, uh, shortstop reps, you know, it'll, it'll get, it gives 
more flexibility on the uh, when players are getting an off day that you don't have to use a second rate player just to fill in. So you might not, you know, uh, it might even, it, and we all know how athletic Urshela is, you know, that could even cut back on the use of Wade. If there's a time to experiment, it's now. It's two weeks before the season, you know, where we're getting to the crunch time in terms of uh, final roster spots. This um, this is purely for Aaron Boone to figure out the what works, what options can be used, um, and if there's any future injuries down the line, who we can use um, as cover um, internally. So I, this is really smart. It'll be quite interesting, you know. And those, especially Rob Brantley, if he can if he can hold the fort as a third catcher, you know, that might be something that we want to be looking at too. Yeah, especially now that Cheerio is on the, you know, is out. You know, having, Cheerio, having, a, having a third string like like Brantley, I think, is important. You know, and until, you know, Evan had pointed it out, and I kind of ignored him like I usually do, um, the, the catching depth is a lot better than most people would think. Um, I mean, yeah, we have, you know, Sanchez at the top. You know, you still have Higgy, who's a serviceable backup. Brantley can be there in case we need a, a third guy or take place for an injury. Having Torino's hurt though does suck because he is a very solid backup. You know, I know people for whatever reason don't like him because he played for Houston, but he wasn't there in 2017. That's what some people don't realize. He did not play with the Astros that year. So enough with the booing stuff. Anyway, no, I that, but I just don't <laughs> like the way he looks or acts. I just, he's, he has said negative things about the Yankees and now he's a Yankee. So. I mean, I have no love loss for Cheerio. Like as far as I, as far as I'm concerned, Cheerio, Cheerio. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care exactly. But what, when I say we have depth and catcher, I'm talking about the future mostly. If you look at the minor leagues, we got about five guys who can do that. Um, I like Anthony Siegler because he's a diverse option that can you know play both uh, catcher and first, and he, he, I think he's a switch hitter um, with power, but. Austin Wells is going to be something special. And we might see that in the next, you know, two or three years, depending on what happens uh, to Gary Sanchez or to Voight, because Austin Wells can also play first base. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. They have a lot of players that, you know, they are, they're, they're gaining players that can play multiple positions and it's very under uh, underrated uh, ability because when you're able to shuffle things around, you know, depending on that, you know, defensive skill, it's it's very it, defense is important because you want to be able to prevent the runs. Not that you know they haven't, you know, they're talking about banning the shift, but they haven't banned it yet. You know, so it's you, they have to be able to play in multiple areas, and having Geo being able to play, you know, third and short. You know, we know his range on that side of the field is phenomenal. Uh, you know, giving, uh, you know, Dietrich the reps at third, you know, which we know he's played before. So that, it's not like it's a new position for him, but this, I think, is his first time, you know, since the Yankees signed him that he's getting uh, the reps at third, unless my, my memory is really off. Well, they have done it. We talked about it before. Gio has been asked about shortstop. Yeah. And he said he used to play there, and he can play any position in the infield. And I would much rather have Gio be the backup shortstop. And if Tyler, um, if Torres needs a day off and you can put uh, Gio over there at short, 
And if Dietrich is there, which I don't think he's going to make the team at this point because he hasn't really done much more than Tyler Wade in the spring, and it does give you more options in case you don't want to use Tyler Wade in the lineup. But if Torres is not playing, that means Tyler Wade will be. So it's just a, it's just a way to see what Urshela can do defensively, which is what we've been saying. Having a guy that can play multiple positions is never a bad thing. No, not at all. And I also I like that they're moving um, Talkman around in the outfield. You know, it's going to give him a chance, you know, if not offensively, defensively, to kind of prove his value to the team and, and you know, gain a, a bench position. Because we know he's not going to be a starter. But if he's able to, to come in, you know, to give somebody an off day, I think it just adds to, adds to the depth. And the more depth you have, the better off you are. I don't know if Parker makes a team. I know, Evan, I know you're a big talking guy. I'm not. <laughs> I agree with Rob. He might not make the team. I think you got to look at players like uh, Diedrich, Ford, Talkman. Those three might not make the team. Wade might be the other, you know, guy to look at. Um, the one that I'm excited for is Jay Bruce. If you hear what all the players have been saying, I can't remember who said it. I think it might have been Voight and uh, some other guy on the team basically said that he's a perfect fit and they want him on this team and they're excited to have him. He's good in the locker room. He's excited to be here and you know, uh, all the power he has, if he can play first and DH, you can really, um, you know, sh shift, uh, him with void and Stanton. And that's a pretty dangerous lineup. If you're taking any of those three guys out and replacing them with any of the other two, that's That's pretty solid. I agree. You can play first base. You can play corner outfield. Um, McCoy, I've been really impressed with his at bats, and it's not just that he's shown some power. He's actually drawn walks as well, and I mean that is a big part of our lineup. And so, you know, I, I think that he he's he should one hundred percent be in the roster, and it should be at the expense of Mike Ford. Um, and then that leaves the other option, the one last uh, bench option. I'm not sure, but. I guess it's between Tyler Wade, Dietrich, and uh, and Talkman. I'm not sure if there's. It's just the fact that Talkman can play center field. That's uh, that's uh, something to consider as well, you know. But I guess Gardner can play center field. So, so you're also going to have Gardner on the bench. Yeah, that's it. So we don't necessarily need to keep Talkman. You know, I, I, my my now my my breakdown on Talkman it might be off. You know, off again. I am off my game today. Um, very off my game. So, yeah, Talkman is going to be the odd man out. It looks like it. It really depends. It depends because, like I said, we have a lot of guys now that can play first base, and that's basically all Ford can do. You're not going to put Ford as the DH, so why would he be on this team? Nah, Ford, I think Ford has zero chance. I, I think Ford has zero chance of making this uh, the team. He's not going to make it. I think the Yankees really wanted Dietrich to, to make it with his versatility and his, his lefty bat. He's not really distinguished himself uh, as spring has worn on. He started off kind of hot, but it's kind of, it's kind of uh, worn out a little bit. So we'll see if he maybe picks it up over the next couple of days, the next few games, and sees if, uh, if he can make a late case for himself. Because it looks like he's kind of edging himself out of it, but I'm not sure yet. But I, you know, there was, I think I was listening to John Heyman. He said that, you know, with the number that we gave Dietrich, I believe he was wearing number 12 in spring, it's a sign that they really kind of want him uh, 
in the in the roster is just I'm not sure if he's distinguished himself yet, but I still think he's got a chance. He's still got a chance. We'll yeah, it's hard to really play. put a lot of stock into spring training numbers, but if you you know he doesn't seem to be progressing at the same pace as everybody else, and that's the problem. It's like you know, go ahead. Ed. He's a he's kind of a streaky hitter. If you look at his career, when he gets hot, he's really hot. So it's one of those things. Are you gonna weigh into how heavy he is, you know, playing right now during spring training? Are you gonna look at the fact that he is a good depth piece for this team that at any given moment moment can go off? I think it's gonna be the latter. Now would Dietrich yeah. be would Dietrich be Opposed to if, if he had to assume a minor league role and just kind of wait on his name to be called, or would he want to just go to another team and try to make a place? Well, they talked about that. He doesn't have his opt out until I think end of May. Um, and I think he would be willing uh, to take the minor league assignment and to work on it. Um, Cause he, they, like Rob said, they gave him number 12. And I think we all feel that the Yankees really want Diedrich, and Bruce to make this team, it yeah. completely changes the depth, like 100%. So if you can squeeze him onto the roster or push him until May and then bring him up, I think he would do that. But they're obviously going to have to let him know how they plan to what use What the plan him. is, yeah. Right, because he's not going to go to the minors if they're basically going to be like, okay, you might be in the minors all year. He would go to the minors if they say, okay, take a month, get your stuff together, and we're probably going to have to use you. This is a team that gets injured a lot, so he might have a role if he takes it on the minors, whereas in another team, if they put him in the minors, they might not have a roster spot for him to come up to. So he needs to weigh which team makes more sense to him to be on, and being a minor leaguer on a possible championship team is a big deal. He wants to win, so why would he want to leave? Yeah. I think he's going to wait, obviously, obviously has to wait until the end of that opt out. But, um, you know, if he has to spend the first month, because they still might go with Tyler Wade just simply because of the fact that he's got the speed and he's got the, uh, the ability to play short. But if he has another month that Tyler Wade's doing exactly what we are accustomed to him doing, he isn't hitting and he's just running and he's playing defense in the spring so far. So he's, he's right on form so far. And if Dietrich was able to separate himself with the bat, then there'd be no question about who's making the team coming opening day. But since they have that, um, that contract with Dietrich that can keep him here for another you know month and a half or so in the minor leagues, and they're probably just going to do that and then call him up if Wade continues to struggle, which more than likely will. Now, if Wade comes out red hot off the bench um, during the regular season, then Dietrich is going to leave and go elsewhere where you know maybe a team like Texas is going to give him a chance to play every day. I think Milwaukee would be a good option for him too. Yeah, yeah, Milwaukee would be a good fit. I think he, I think that park would, you know, that ballpark would do well for him. Mm. But now, with the uh, ro uh, the rotation, are we leaning one way or another with that fifth spot? Do we have a favorite of who we think should, uh, who we think should get that spot? Yeah, the way that Herman pitched. Yesterday was unbelievable. Like his secondary pitches, the command that he's got, he's mowing everyone down. The the spin rate's really good. I mean, everything that you look at for for a rotation starter, he's blowing it out of the park. You know, as as a person, I can't stand him, but yeah. 
um, as a pitcher, it's you know, there's nothing else you can say other than he's pitching phenomenally. I know that he's he has to. I think if I think he's pitching for his fucking career right now, and it's showing, he's mowing everyone down. So it looks to me like he might get the fifth spot. But as Aaron Good said in the in the cast yesterday, uh, he um, he says that everyone's going to get an opportunity. They might even run a six man rotation. Yeah, well, um, that's what Evan was saying yesterday. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which well, would really not going to be a finality. Days, the Yankees can it's make it. going to be a case of DV. Yeah, it's not going to be a case of DV. Uh, you didn't get it, and that's it. You're not going to get another chance. He's going to get a lot of opportunity as the year goes. No, Davey still has a long career ahead of him, and I, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm not worried about him. But the other thing is, as much as we we've bashed Herman on the, on on the, on the show for for his personal life. I actually think it's impressive how he's been able to kind of tune that out and he just looks like it's not, it hasn't been a distraction on his ability to perform. Yeah, I mean, right. with the ability to hit a woman, this is probably easy. Oof. No, I'm sorry, but no, I don't understand. I don't understand how as fans we can separate the two. If I punched a woman, I would not be on this podcast right now, but because she's a fucking phenomenal athlete, he gets to play with no punishment whatsoever. Are you kidding me? My life would maybe be over can, if did that dumb shit. Maybe you guys can fill me in on this. Is there anything within the MLBPA which pre- prevented the Yankees from, from firing him, from releasing him? Probably. Because I, I read a couple of things on Twitter that the Yankees actually couldn't just uh, cut him. Well, they have the ability to trade him right now because it's. I was just wondering whether if you, if you guys heard anything similar. That's all. No, you're you're uh, right. Yes, I did hear that. Yes. Donald. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I verify how accurate it is or the details behind it, but yes, yeah. I did hear that. I don't know. It, it's none of us are ever going to defend him for what he did. Everyone, anyone, anywhere will agree what he did was just absolutely disgusting. But this is going to go back to something I said earlier. The Yankees were never just going to cut him or trade him anyway because of so many question marks on the pitching staff with injuries, particularly. They were never just going to let him go. And in terms of his baseball production, it is good to see him pitching well because it gives us more depth. But at the same time, whenever you see him out there, you can't help but think about what he did. But it also goes back to something that's a problem in all of sports. We see this a lot a player serves a suspension and they're allowed to just come back. Okay. You served your punishment that we gave you. They gave him his punishment last year. He served it. And now he's back and we probably, we might not like it, but the league is going to tell us, well, that's our rules. And it sucks. I under, I completely understand the frustration. The thing is though, why is it that Chapman went and got help for all his issues. He did. I'm pretty sure he did like community services. Yeah. He did. He spoke up about it. He worked out with his wife. He's done a lot of stuff to show that he gives a fuck. Herman's done nothing. Herman came out with a bullshit apology for us, the fucking fans. And not once did he say anything to his girlfriend who he beat the fuck out of. Not once did he say anything to his teammates who had to come to her aid in the middle of the night after he did it throughout the entire fucking day. He has no remorse, and yet we're going to have to sit here and support this asshole? Are you kidding me? I am not a fake person, and I feel so fucking fake doing it. 
fucking spot on, man. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Preach. It's, it's spot Preach, on. Brother. That's the difference for me. That's the difference between him and Chapman. That's why I give Chapman a huge break because I feel like he took all the slack and turned it around to try to show he was not trying to be a bad person. The circumstances are very, very different. Herman doesn't give a fuck. He just wants to go out there, pitch, win a World Series, and get his career back in order so that all this other stuff goes away. And that, to me, is wrong. Yeah. I mean, the the easy thing would just would be to trade him now while he's pitching well, you know, and just, okay, we'll get that distraction off the team. But, you know, again, it's just – it's not going to happen because the Yankees, they need the pitching depth. And it, it sucks. Yeah. You know, it really sucks that we have to kind of – in a way cheer for this guy, you know, I, we know, I know we cheer for the Jersey, we cheer for the team, but at the same time, we're not going to go into a Domingo Herman start and say, I hope this guy gives up 10 runs and we lose, you know, like it's just not what we're going to do as fans of the team, but you know, you kind of have to root for him to pitch well because you want the team to win. So it's, it sucks because you can't go away from the human aspect of it. What he did is absolutely un you can't defend it. It's absolutely disgusting. And, it should have been a, high, a longer suspension. They weren't going to kick him out of the league, although they should have been considered, I would think, when you do something like that. Well, but the problem it's is this... charges go ahead, go ahead. are never filed, so legally they can't yeah. do much less yeah, right. So you have that issue with the whole legal system. There's, there's only so much the league can do. I hate the fence. All right, you lost Rob for a sec. You back? Yeah, yeah, there was a, one of those one of those um car the one of the most bullshit phone calls was coming in. Your car's uh, extended. I think, I think Gary Bobblehead did it. No, it was never Gary. Don't listen to him anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot what I was even saying. But yeah, it wasn't about Donald. <laughs> it was Jedi Judge using his mind tricks there. <laughs> that might have been it. No, I actually, I, I think the situation, it, it's really, it's putting us as content creators in a really rough spot because especially as, you know, we've been very outspoken about our vitriol towards domestic violence. Yeah. And now, but also having to break down the, the, the player's ability it's almost it's it's really not fair to, to us that if, if we want to give an honest breakdown, we also have to mention how we don't like the guy. It, it's know? really tough. Yeah. It's really tough for a bunch of reasons because I, I just I don't understand how I can root for this guy and not be a fake fan, you know. Yeah. And that's really tough for me because I care so much about my team but I don't want to root for a guy who at any given moment could be a detriment to this team. You know, the second he starts pitching poorly, you're going to have all the guys like me who hate him. Say, oh, see, we should have traded him before when we had the chance. And there's going to be all this other negative drama that is going to turn into mass chaos. And I don't really want to deal with it. I just view the Yankees as a higher standard and, and of an organization. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm disappointed that we have this kind of human being in our team. Um, that aside, the que the original question was, how is he pitching? He's pitching freaking great, you know, and it would be, uh, you know, it would be 
incorrect for me to say anything otherwise, you know. And as I say, we are as 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 uh, Rob said, as fans, we have to kind of uh, wish for him to to do well because it only helps the team, you know. That uh, that added depth, you know. We're now in a position where we're in a no lose situation with who's going to be pitched the, the the fifth spot, whether it's going to be Debbie Garcia, um, or or Herman or Montgomery. I don't think Montgomery is 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 completely free from being a question either because I think Garcia's pitched beautifully this spring. You know, you know, he's actually pitching better and better each outing. And I'd love him to get a rotation spot. And it's looking so much like her man will too, because you know, the stuff just looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um go ahead, Evan. My biggest issue is that for me, I feel like I'm an advocate for men's mental health. And it's really hard to take men's mental health seriously when you have domestic abusers who are men who get away with this shit. It's, we can't be taken seriously when that will always trump how many men get abused. Because women clearly get abused more than we do, but there is an issue between both genders that we need to correct in society and we're not doing it and we haven't done it. And it's been the case for how many generations? You know, I want to try to take a, a, a point of view on, he already served his, he did his time, right? He served his suspension. Yeah. You know, we, we thought you mentioned that Chapman, you know, he went, you know, he did what he needed to do. He went to, you know, went to counseling, you know, him and his wife, they, they figured out, all right, this is, you know, it was a kind of, I don't want to say a one-time deal because you don't know what happens behind closed doors that led to that. But Okay. I'm going to believe her. Sorry. You You know, if he did the time, when is that not enough? It's not enough when the community and the concept of being a good person is thrown out the window. That's when it's not good enough. To me, okay. the issue is not that the league didn't kick him out. Legally, they couldn't. We've already explained. He was never charged with the crime. What they can do is say, okay, you need to do stuff for the community now. You need to go out. You need to talk Which we about talked about. Yeah. Out of time. You need to you know, do all this community service, and you need to show the world that you're at least going to attempt even if you're pretending, you need to attempt to advocate against this kind of violence. And he's, he hasn't done that. And I can't support someone who clearly doesn't give a fuck what he did. He doesn't think it's an issue that he hit his girl. He probably thinks it was her fault. Yeah. I was saying, that's why it was tough for me to get that question out because I'm kind of with Evan on that one. Right. Oh, yeah, I think we're all with Evan on that one. We're all in agreement with that. We're all in agreement. It's 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 awful. It's it's a shame that as fans are put in this position because it's almost hypocritical. Because you know we yeah. try and live as good um, as good people in society, and yet you know the people. Well, the thing is, we're, we're to, humans first. We're fans second. Yeah, right? the people that we look up to in positions of you know sporting power, whatever. And uh, and you see them behave like that, it hurts. It hurts as a fan of the Yankees. Um, wonderful organization. They treat their players great. They treat the community great. 
The Yankees are one of is the best organization in sports in the entire world. There's no question of that. Um, I don't agree that that uh, I don't think they've done a lot right in this case with her man. Um, but uh, you know, uh, you know, we're in a, we're it's a sports podcast, so we should be talking about the the, the things on the field rather than off the field too much. So uh, he was impressive. Um, and you know, you know, Evan, you're talking about Chapman. We should talk about how good his splitter is. His splitter looks absolutely right. fire. It looks Even nice. Aaron Bibb was like, "Oh, that's gross." It's a <laughs> disgusting splitter. He is to, to, to throw somebody else. Uh, I mean, I've got issues with Chapman in the clutch spots, but he looks fire. And his it's biceps good. are bigger than most people's houses. Have you seen the size <laughs> of his freaking biceps, dude? Well, I, I honestly, I think that the the increased muscle has certainly taken some stuff off of his fastball. There's no question that yeah. he's lost velocity and it's good that he's developed that splitter the way he has because yeah. we've seen him hang that slider one too many times oh, yeah. and give up a home run. So to have that third, hopefully really good pitch, that plus pitch to go to, that he can still touch 99, maybe even hit triple digits here and there, but to have that disgusting splitter to go along with what is a good slider it, it's going to help because we need him to be consistent. We don't, we need him to be almost perfect. He's not going to be perfect, but we need that lockdown corner. We, we were so spoiled with Mariano for so long. And even with, you know, having that one year of Rafael Soriano, we can't forget how good he was when he filled in for Mo when he got hurt. Yeah. And then we had, um, I think, was it right after Mo retired? When did we, did we have David Robertson closing for like a year? Was that 20? Yeah. 14, yeah. yeah. So even with yeah. David Robertson, you've been really spoiled with the closer position. So we can take a couple of bad outings here and there with Chapman, but we really do need him to be like shut down. You just need him to come no, in. Every, every closer has down. a bad game. Right. Chapman just like he, he, he tends to prolong have it. His, He'll get the speed, have his but, when the game's actually, you know, when the games are really on the line, you know, right. seasons in the balance, those are the outings that he seems to have trouble with. The thing if with you're Chapman, throwing a ninety plus, sorry, General, if you're throwing a ninety plus mile an hour splitter, I don't care who you are, you're going to struggle. I don't think you're going to hit that. That's going to be no, untouchable because right. he throws a fastball that is going to be in the ninety nine range, right, on, on the on the lower side, on a on a fast on a splitter that's going to be what ninety five something like that. Are you kidding me? How are you going to? How are you going to? You're not going to no, touch that. It's nearly impossible. It's like yeah. trying to hit a changeup that's you know. 15 to 20 miles an hour slower than your fastball. You just can't do it. Exactly. Off. That's why job at Chamberlain was so good for, you know, when he came in, because he yeah. threw, you know, a hundred mile an hour fastball, but his curveball was in the nineties and it was, it was going right in on you. And he was just, he was flying through it. So, yeah, you know, you, if you can, it, yeah. So you, if you got that kind of power and you got off speed, which is also and fast as shit. You're not touching that. So I think we're we're going to be in for a great year from Chapman, actually. How can we not be spoiled by Mo, though? This is a guy who had a 20-year career on one goddamn pitch that everyone knew was coming and still couldn't hit. Yep. Yeah. That just brings me so much joy. A pitch that he didn't even know how to throw. It, it, it happened <laughs> throwing poorly. <laughs> right. And that's what I was going to say about Chapman is, like, when you watch Mo come in, he got the job done. He had his hiccups here and there, but yeah. mostly he was coming out there and he was getting you out one, two, three, and he was getting the job done with Chapman. He's going to walk a few guys. He'll have some long at bats. He'll drop about 
15 pounds of sweat, but he's, he's prolonging the innings, but he's still getting the saves, but it's just like, he's working harder than he probably has to with his stuff being that good. Yeah. That's why the splitter this year is going to, I think if he's, you know, sees that the, um, he's got a batter that's really fighting him off. I think that's when you're going to see that splitter more dominantly. I think that, that that's when he's going to start bringing that out. You know, because nobody will be able to hit it, if, you know, at all. You know, it's exciting. Yeah. We need to do an episode about pitchers with a specialty pitch, meaning like uh, Ching Ming Wong with his sinker, uh, Mike Messina with his knuckle curve, stuff like that. That'd be fun. Because there's like over 100 guys who had just special, special pitches. Randy Johnson with his vicious, vicious splitter. Birds are still scared of him. <laughs> that bird was just dust. Yeah, bird wasn't expecting that. <laughs> that's that's a moment that'll always live on in baseball oh, history. It's exactly. you'll, you'll see it every year when spring training starts. It's like, oh, remember when this happened? And then just a yeah. bird exploding. It's great. <laughs> and unfortunate for the bird, but you know it was a great no, moment. Yeah, not, not not a great day for the bird. <laughs> yeah. bird the birds had better days. The bird lived. Hold on, yeah, what? Get to the hospital, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you mean the bird left? It was particles in the sky, though. It was no, literally they... just particles. There was nothing left of them. They took it to the farm where they take all the dogs and the goldfish that you flush. That's that's it's at the farm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, that's on that nice, note. That's <laughs> All right, everybody, from everybody, yankeechronicles.com. Hope everybody has a good day. Stay safe, stay smart, and let's go Yankees. Let's go Yankees.